Hi, Podcast Brunch Club. I just want to take a quick second to thank some of our organizational partners. Podchaser is the IMDb of podcasts and offers amazing search and list creation and now has a cool social feed feature. Lentigua Williams and Company is the production team behind podcasts like Latina to Latina, 70 Million, and Feeling My Flow. Critical Frequency is an all-women-owned and operated podcast network for independent creators and those who are often overlooked in mainstream media. Listen Notes is a powerful podcast search engine that also offers list creation. The Venn puts out a weekly podcast playlist on the political issues surrounding the 2020 U.S. election. And Audio Boom is a podcast network featuring funny, inspiring, entertaining, and thought-provoking podcasts. These are some of our early sponsors, so go to the Podcast Brunch Club website to see all of the great organizations supporting the Podcast Brunch Club community. And go find these companies. They are great for both content and discovery. And they support and give back to the listener community. If you are an individual and want to support PBC, go to patreon.com slash podcast brunch club. If you represent an organization and want to support the PBC listener community, email me at Adela, that's A-D-E-L-A, at podcastbrunchclub.com. Thanks and happy listening. Hi, and welcome to the Podcast Brunch Club podcast. I'm Adela, and I'm the founder of Podcast Brunch Club. And I am Sarah, the chapter leader of the Houston chapter of the Podcast Brunch Club and the founder of Audible Feast, a podcast review website. A quick overview of Podcast Brunch Club for any new listeners out there. PBC is like book club, but for podcasts. We've now got more than 70 chapters on six continents. That is amazing. These are groups of podcast listeners who get together in person to discuss a monthly podcast playlist, just like we're about to do right now. You can visit podcastbrunchclub.com to get involved in an existing chapter or to start your own. Yep. So every month we'll send out a podcast playlist on a theme, and then our chapters will meet up in cities all over the world to discuss and inevitably go off on a tangent to swap podcast recommendations, just like we'll do later in the episode. So this month, the theme is disruption. Shout out to Ralph Campbell, one of our chapter leaders in South Florida, who put this playlist together for us. You can find the playlist at podcastbrunchclub.com slash disruption. Yep. We listened to four episodes that explore disruption in both the personal and the business realms. We listened to the very first episode of How I Built This with Guy Raz, which was an interview with the founder of Spanx, Sarah Blakely and an episode of the Disrupt Yourself podcast with Whitney Johnson, in which she talks about taking the right kinds of risks in our careers. We also listened to an episode of Unthinkable about how So Far Sounds disrupted the live music industry. And finally, we listened to an episode of 10% Happier with Dan Harris, which featured an interview with James Clear about his book, Atomic Habits. So that's what we listened to. Adela, what did you and the Chicago chapter think of the playlist? Yeah, so we're recording right after the Chicago chapter met, and we had a great turnout. We had eight people, and five of them were new, which was really fun. It's awesome. Um, yeah, I always, I feel like summer's always a little, there's a little bit of a dip in, in attendance, and then, you know, fall starts, and people are back from vacation and, and want to, I don't know, do something new. So, yeah, we had a great discussion. There was some competing opinions, I think. Like, this is definitely a <laughs> playlist that I think is different from a lot of the playlists we've, we've listened to in the past. This was a lot more sort of focused on 
personal development or business kind of stuff. And that's not typically what we what we do, but that doesn't mean we can't or won't in the future. It's just different. So I personally really liked the playlist. And I think some of the contention was maybe around, especially the episode of Disrupt Yourself, where it's just Whitney talking. And I have to sort of preface that with that is a very unique episode for Whitney Johnson. Most of her episodes are interview based. And I actually sort of made the decision to focus on this episode because it was sort of different than the other ones. But what did you what did you all think? I know you guys met this week, too. Yeah, we did. We met the same day, just a little bit earlier than than you you did in Chicago. And we had a great turnout also. And we had a couple of new folks come as well. So that was very cool. Shout out to the Rice Library System, who's bringing us lots of university um, library nice. folks to our, our meetup, which is awesome. They tell me that they listen to podcasts all day. So that's that's awesome. Right up my alley. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, lucky to have jobs like that where we can do that. We had very strong opinions, and I don't think a lot of disagreement mm. about what we kind of thought about the different topics. And I don't think that anybody really thought any of the podcasts themselves were bad or that anybody was like, you know, boring or, you know, objectionable or anything that anything anybody was saying was. But mm -hmm. we talked a lot about this concept of disruption and do we think that the things they were talking about were truly disruption? Hmm. Um, what's our background with the concept of disruption personally? And I don't know. It was just like it was a great topic for discussion discussion because I was just going to disruption disruption. <laughs> um, it was a great. <laughs> I know. Helen Saltzman, where are you? Um, <laughs> Portman, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, no, it was it was a great topic of discussion because because everybody kind of came to it with different like business backgrounds. And it was really interesting. And for me personally, when I first saw the topic, I thought, I don't even know what this is. This seems like a I don't know, millennial thing or something that it, I can't relate to. And I was like, what I, disruption, whatever. That's just like a, like a, you know, fancy like keyword or whatever. Mm -hmm. The buzzword. It's the term of the 2010s or something, you know? And, but then I, it forced me listening to the playlist. It forced me to like examine that a little bit more within my own head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I don't know that any of the episodes themselves actually address this as much as I found a, a good article from Forbes.com that talked about disruption versus innovation. Cause that was my big hang up was like, it aren't, aren't what some of these people doing just innovating? Like what's truly the difference between what hmm. is called disruption and, and innovation or create creativity. And for me, I feel like what the message I took away from the things I read and from listening to some of these episodes was that it's the disruption really happens when it's displacing something that already exists. So mm -hmm. in our group, when we were talking, we felt that the Spanx example was probably the best example of disruption because that product really has displaced pantyhose mm -hmm. largely for many, many, many women. Mm -hmm. You know, just if that was the thing you needed from the pantyhose, you don't need to wear, <laughs> wear the whole long stockings that get ripped. And, you know, it's just like, it just was a, that was a 
a painful product to have to use. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. We we thought that was probably the best dis- example in all of those episodes about disruption. Yeah, I feel like there's a and I I just published my interview with Whitney Johnson. Um, there is a almost a scholarly definition of what disruptive innovation is. And that's the actual term is disruptive innovation. And I think when I was talking to you offline a couple of weeks ago, or maybe even last month when about this theme, you may have even found a Wikipedia article about it, didn't you? When you did some searching? I think so. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a term that was coined by like a, I think a Harvard business professor. Mm-hmm. And Whitney explained it to me. So I'm not going to go into full details because if you're, if you're subscribed to the podcast, Brunch Club podcast, you probably already heard this ep- the episode with Whitney where she talks about Netflix and Blockbuster and how Netflix was playing where nobody else is playing and taking on market risk instead of competitive risk. And it was this silly little project that really didn't concern Blockbuster, who is like the behemoth in the industry. Yep. And so they just didn't really pay much attention because they, you know, again, Netflix was playing where no one else was playing. It just seemed like this project that didn't really have anything to do with Blockbuster. And then they sort of took over, right? And all the Blockbusters yeah. are now closed. I mean, Spanx and just her story, I thought was so interesting and how how much grit she had and how much like she was just like, whatever, I'm just going to do this. And I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm selling fax machines door to door or whatever she she was doing in yeah. her 20s. And she just had this vision and she didn't know what she's doing, but she figured it out along the way. And I feel like that's something that's a luxury of youth, maybe a little bit mm-hmm. of sort of like not knowing what you don't know. So it's it doesn't feel as big of an uphill climb to to just kind of figure it out. But if you're a little overwhelmed or in the weeds more, it, it seems a scarier climb to to do yeah. those things. But I'm super impressed with her. She, I don't know, she's got some title, like the first female billionaire or something like that. Yeah, I believe that's correct. Yes. Yeah. And she's, she's never had the company go public. She mm-hmm. is um, an investor on Shark Tank. I see her sometimes when I watch Shark Tank. So that's fun to see. Yeah, I think the youth thing is definitely a a thing. We talked about that in our group as well. And we also talked about kind of maybe on the other end of the spectrum that the there isn't really like long-term research or, you know, um evidence, I guess, to say to say whether disruption is a good thing or a bad thing or because so we talked about Netflix and Blockbuster and and even Amazon, right, to an extent. Um um, is this idea of like disrupting something and then putting some other industry out of business, whether that is a good thing or whether that's a bad thing and how some of this, some of these things that are more newly disruptive, uh, mm-hmm. Silicon Valley type of stuff, a, you know, era type of stuff is like, there's just, it's just not proven long-term whether this was like the right thing to do for, for who, you know, for right. the economy, for, you know, was it a good thing to get rid of an industry in the in those big cases or the or to get rid of a, you know, a, a huge, huge player in in an in a field? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It, right. 
we were just skeptical, I guess. Right. <laughs> we and were it, older. And so we were like, uh, let's see how it turns yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's interesting that, you know, you hear a lot about these disruptive um, technologies or companies or whatever. And whether they're truly like by definition disruptive uh, is, you know, I don't, I'm not going to get into the debate about that. But, um, but what's interesting to me is about a lot of these companies that are quote unquote disruptive are operating at a loss, like, you know, Uber, for example, is operating at a loss, and they operated at a loss for a very long time in order to get to where they were a sort of player, and they could, they could create competitive risk. And I think some people who are purists might disagree that Uber is, in fact, disruptive. Because again, they weren't really playing where nobody else is playing. But, but again, regardless, a lot of these companies in order to sort of quote unquote, disrupt the industry have to operate at this huge loss. And then when they have to, you know, they get their seed funding in round one and round two, whatever, I don't know all that venture capitalist term, but when they get to a certain point, they start having to, basically, I find that the consumer gets screwed, right? Because you've used the consumer to get to a point where you have enough users because you're offering this thing at a big discount and you're operating at a loss, and then you totally have to flip the script on them because you have to stop operating at a loss, right? So then why did you disrupt the whole industry in the first place? Yeah, and we talked about Uber also specifically about that and whether is Uber even successful. So, you know, was it disruptive is one question, but then is it successful? I I don't know. Mm -hmm. So time will tell, I Mm -hmm. think. And they have a lot of work to do, I think, to prove to some people that they are successful. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh that's why it was a great d- discussion topic because there was a lot of real world examples to talk about. Um right. so I I really liked that. Um what did you so um go ahead. Sorry, I was going to ask about had you heard about so far sounds? No, I hadn't. And we had a good discussion about that as well. Um some of the folks in the group immediately said, this is not disruption at all. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. this is not new. This is not a new concept. Listening rooms have been around forever, even going back to like, you know, really, really, really long time ago, (laughs) hundreds of years ago. This is like, it's a private concert. It's not, this is not disruptive. So for me, I mean, I I don't think I would go to a So Far Sounds concert Mm. because I think that if I'm going to spend my money, I know it's not a ton of money, but I feel like if I'm going to spend my money, I want to have some idea of like mm-hmm. what I'm going to get. And we we talked about that too, that not everyone is like that. And that I know they talked about that in the podcast, that they want people to be open to, you know, trusting that they're going to hear something good, but just having no possible concept for me, if I'm going to spend money, mm-hmm. I feel like I want to know at least something about what I'm spending money on or even kind of like the venue like, I don't know, some of the more intimate venues might make me feel uncomfortable. And I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. that I, I kind of like, I, I don't know, maybe I'm too controlling, but I want to know more about what I'm getting into. Mm-hmm. That's how I am. This is going to be it's a totally weird analogy, but that's how I am about food. So like, yeah. if I go to a restaurant, and I order something and I like it, I'm going to probably order that thing every single time yeah. I go to that restaurant because I don't want to spend my money and like take a gamble on what I'm going to get if I already know that yeah. there's something on the menu that I like, you know? Yep. Um, but I I don't know. I'm I'm different in so far sounds in that 
I would be willing to spend a little bit of money and and take a gamble on that. I like the idea. I think what was interesting about that concept is that um, it, at least the way that things are going is that music seems to be at least in smaller intimate venues, not a performance anymore. It's like background music, right? So that people can talk and, and do whatever. And that's fine. And that serves its purpose. But what I thought was interesting about how they approached it is making music the centerpiece of the thing. And that the way that you interact is by being quiet and watching it as it's, uh, as it's a performance. And um, I was really happy to, I just want to mention this, that I was lurking on the Phoenix Chapters uh, Facebook group. And Sarah Claire Robinson actually responded to a question on the on the group that and told everybody that she actually, after listening to that episode, she was traveling and she decided to go to a So Far Sounds show while she was traveling. And she actually loved it. She said it was a wonderful experience. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. That I just that just makes me happy that, you know, something Good. that that through Podcast Brunch Club w- would maybe open somebody's eyes to something that they may not have seen otherwise and and do something different. So that was pretty totally. cool. That is very awesome. Yeah. And the other thing that I liked about So Far Sounds, and again, like I ha- I had a little bit of of um influence in this playlist. And I wanted this one to be on the playlist. Uh, the reason that I wanted it, and this may feel, I don't know, different, is that because the model that they're using feels very familiar to Podcast Brunch Club in that they have this sort of decentralized, everything's sort of volunteer based. People just love the concept of it and have stepped up to organize these concerts. And it's become you know, so far sounds has become a business, not like podcast brunch club, but, uh, but that seems like how it started this sort of decentralized model of like, this is what we're doing. These are some guidelines and go for it, start it, you know, and we'll help you with what we can at the central central level, but it's up to you to sort of put together the venue and the performances and stuff like that. So I found that interesting. And Jenna actually is the one who recommended this episode and mentioned that linkage to Podcast Brunch Club. So I just like the model is intriguing to me. Mm -hmm. But let's take a break for a second uh, to hear about a sponsor for the month, and then we'll come back and diverge. In 1974, a Jacksonville, Florida family finds a metal sphere on their property. Although it resembles a bowling ball, it doesn't behave like one. He said, Dad, when I walked it, it followed me. Then the media show up. Well, it's been turned over to the Navy to see if ordnance experts can find out what it is. And UFO investigators. Do you consider this now extraterrestrial or Earth manufactured? This is Oddball from WJCT Public Media. Check it out at oddballpodcast.com and subscribe. So now we're going to diverge and talk about what else is going on in the podcast space and what we have been listening to lately. My favorite part of every episode, the (laughs) diverge. Um, Adela, you just attended Sound Education, right? Yeah. So I went to Sound Education, which is a podcast conference in Boston. It's the second year. And so it's, it's all about learning in audio format, you know, so using audio as a tool for learning, which is, oh my God, so up my alley, right? I have a master's (laughs) degree in international education. So like, I'm super passionate about, about education, but I'm also really passionate about finding others, other ways to learn that doesn't necessarily mean 
falling within the formal education system. So this is so, so like a merging of my passions, which I was really excited to attend. And I had connected actually with the founder of Sound Education, Zach, who I met at Podcast Movement, which you and I went to together. So it's this weird, like serendipitous thing where I talked to him. I had heard about Sound Education, but he then convinced me to go and it was awesome. And a couple of really cool things happened. So I got to see Helen Saltzman live, which I've been wanting to do for a while. She's on tour and she, you know, or arranged to be in Boston while Sound Education was happening. So that was really fun. I highly recommend her show. I will put a link to it in the show notes because I think she's going all over the states in the fall. Yes. Yeah. And then um, a big initiative was announced. It was sort of teased, and I'm actually a part of it. It's called Lyceum. That's L-Y-C-E-U-M. You can find more information about it at lyceum.fm. And it's basically a revolution in audio learning. So this whole concept of using audio as a tool for learning, Zach is heading it up. There's a, a team of people who are involved. I am one of them. I will be focusing on the community aspect because, as you all know, I'm in true community. And <laughs> I think that it could be really, really powerful if we find ways to not only deliver educational materials to just individuals and teachers and whatever, whoever wants to learn, but also find ways to come together around that those materials in a meaningful way, thoughtful, meaningful way. So maybe a little bit like Podcast Brunch Club, but more focused on learning and yeah, that kind of thing. So, oh, this is right up your alley. Oh my 100%. God. 100%. <laughs> I know. I know. When I he told me about it, I was like, oh my God, my mouth just <laughs> dropped open. And I was like, I, I need to be involved <laughs> in some way. So it's really exciting. You can go to lyceum. That's again, that's l y c e u m. f m and sign up for more information. Also, they're sort of taking, getting podcast creator information too for people who find who feel that they have an educational podcast and want to be on the platform. It is going to be an app, so it's going to be this app that is, I mean, almost think of it right now in version one or even maybe two, as like a, a curated app. So like when you go to Lyceum app, you're going to find only educational podcasts um, from the podcast universe. They're also mm -hmm. going to start producing podcasts. So helping educators create podcasts that are good, not just in quality, but in content. Yeah. And uh, so it's really exciting. Very exciting. And this is like education for any age, right? Yeah, it's going to be education for any age. I'm really excited to see what we could do with with teachers, like you mm -hmm. getting a community of teachers, maybe an advisory board together to help curate some podcast playlists around like this, this is always what I wanted to do with podcast brunch club. So this is super, super exciting for me. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited. Great. About it. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. That's very cool. Yeah. So what about you? What have you been listening to? I know you've you've had some travel lately, so I don't know if that yeah, helps or um, hurts. I have some some good stuff all over the board. We talked last month about how you are getting more into audio fiction, so I'm very proud of you. <laughs> um, and I mean, I'm not really that far ahead of you because I hadn't listened to that much either, but, um, but we're getting on the audio fiction train. Um, you yep. know, I think 
but like as a side note too, I think part of the reason why is a lot of the audio fiction that was popular or that I knew about was like science fiction yeah. um, type of stuff. And like, I don't, I don't dislike that, but it probably wouldn't be the first thing I would reach for. Right. And so I think that's, I don't know. Anyway, so my example of what I've been listening to this month, actually on National Coming Out Day earlier this month, I binge listened to the show Moonface, which is from James Kim. And he's the same person who brought us the competition, which right. I am positive we've talked about on here before. The first season was about a piano competition and the second season was about um, Mr. L.A. Leather competition. Right. And um, so I'm positive we talked about yeah, that before. I definitely <laughs> but, remember that. <laughs> yes. Uh, so same guy. And this uh, show that he has produced is actually fiction. And each episode is like maybe like 14 to 18 minutes. So it's pretty easily bingeable. And it's about a young man who wants to come out to his mother, but can't. And there's a couple of reasons why, but one of them is that they just don't speak the same language. She's, um, they're Korean and he speaks English and doesn't speak a lot of Korean and can't find the right words to communicate with her. Mm. Anyway, it's fiction and it is, there are some great erotic parts to it, which I enjoyed very much. Um, <laughs> so it is not safe for work. And I enjoyed that a whole bunch. And um, I don't know. I just thought it was great. Like, I didn't expect any less coming from him. Uh, big shout out to James Kim. Excellent job. Excellent work once again. It's really sound designed really well. And it's just a really great story. So... So I think it's only six parts and so so easily bingeable. Yeah. So highly recommend. And on the a little bit more depressing but important side, I have been listening to a show called Last Day, which is about opioid addiction, but seen through the lens of family members who've lost someone to addiction. Mm. Um, and I think it's super, super important listening. Uh Certainly, it's it tells a story. This particular season, this first season, is about a person who died, um, and the people that some of the people that knew that person. But um, you know, just they they tell the story from different perspectives. And mm -hmm. my one of my favorite things so far has been an episode where they heard from paramedics, EMTs, who are you know first responders to people who have overdosed and they talk about what that's like and they said you know sometimes we'll go to the same address four or five times in a day oh that, my gosh um you know and how like draining that is for them but how like these people need so much help and it is such a problem it is a huge huge problem so anyway i just think it's it's certainly not uplifting, um, but it's the message is not that there's no hope either. The message is let's talk about it because it's not something that, you know, it, it's a real thing. It's happening all around you. Guarantee you it's happening to somebody that you know. And it has taken it multiple different forms, you know, but heroin's pretty, pretty easy to get. So people might get hooked on pills, but heroin is cheap and easy to get. And it is super 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 addictive and yeah. deadly so anyway it's just i think it's really good so i think i highly recommend it that sounds i don't i resonate sometimes oddly with 
sort of depressing topic sometimes. Yeah. So I do want to. No, I mean, yeah, I don't. I mean, if if my husband listens to this, he'll tell me this. Of course, he knows this about me. But um, (laughs) (laughs) he always thinks that I like gravitate towards super depressing stuff. Mm -hmm. And I don't see it as depressing. I don't think like terrible things for asking or the show intervention or whatever. I don't think those things are depressing. I think it's important to understand because I don't know. I just think that's real life. Yeah. Otherwise, it feels like you're just sticking your head in the sand and pretending like everything is rainbows and unicorns, you know? Yeah. And it's not. So, and you know what? You know, I feel like someday maybe I can be helped by something that I saw or that I heard and maybe I can help someone else. So um, I don't think it's bad at all. I think it's good to listen to it. Yeah. But back on the lighter note, (laughs) I also, I don't know if you listened to this show when it was out before. It's been offline for quite a while and it's called The Paris Review. And it is a show, I believe it's a magazine, um, but it's the audio version of the the magazine or some some audio version of the magazine, some things probably that appear in the magazine, but um, it just came back and I, I didn't even know it was coming back. That was like, this is why I keep things. I keep subscribed to things right. on my playlist because uh, that was like a giant surprise in my, my playlist. Oh, I just listened to it today. And so the Paris review has poetry, some, usually it's just short fiction and it's just really nice. They had a, a story narrated by Molly Ringwald today, a short story. Uh, that's the one I listened to it today. I'm not sure if it came out today, but um, within the recent past, it came out. And uh, I don't know. It's just a it's just a really nice um, and a nice departure for me from some of the other, like I said, more serious stuff that I listened to. So it was nice. great. Very cool. What about you? Anything good? God, I've been be so to. busy. I've been just like between traveling. So we went, I went to Boston for sound education. But like right after that, um, yeah, I headed to Arizona to watch my husband play in ten, like the tennis nationals for his level of league tennis. And they won fourth, go which John. was amazing. Yeah, I know. John. So awesome. I know. He was really excited. And now he's like hell bent on getting back and winning. So <laughs> stay tuned in two years. I'll let you Competitive know. Competitive much? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> right. Like, I love four, it. It's fourth great. place out of 1,500 teams is not good enough. That's awesome. Yeah, that's how that's it That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that's I've, great. yeah, I didn't get a chance to listen to a whole lot of new things. I've just been trying to catch up on my queue. Like I have 200 episodes right now in my queue. And I'm just, I don't know, I feel this weird weight. I know I do things differently than people. I just have it automatically download and put it at the bottom of my queue. I don't sort mm-hmm. of curate what I listen to day to day. I just press play on my my queue. Okay. So I just have like a ridiculous amount of episodes in there. And I have this weird compulsion to listen to every single one <laughs> the entire way through. Although I'm trying to get better about just being like, yeah, five minutes in, not interested, just you know, fast forward to I the understand. end and be done. I have to do that, but I have to be better about doing that. So I haven't, I feel bad. I haven't gotten a lot around to a lot of new listening, but eh, it is what it okay. is. Yeah. I feel it's like okay. my new listening comes from Podcast Brunch Club. Like every oh, month yeah. I listen to four, most of the time it's four new podcasts I've never listened to before. And sometimes I'll subscribe and sometimes I won't. So yeah, um, I subscribe to Unthinkable. I really, yeah. really like Whitney Johnson. So, and she's just like a wonderful human. So I subscribe to her and she just really is a really good interviewer. Um, I'm trying to think. I I started listening to How I Built This when it started, but I sort of fell off and I'm 
just me too. Yeah, I just sometimes, especially because I'm doing podcast brunch club, I feel this weird like I don't know competitive, not competitive, but like I'll sigh and be like, oh, I should be doing so much more, and then I feel (laughs) crappy about myself, and then it makes me, and I'm like, why would I listen to something that makes me feel crappy about myself? I'm just gonna stop listening. Um, rather than just actually doing the things I know I should be doing. But um, that is really about people who have like really, really made it. I know. <laughs> so I know. Can, and always I'm listening you know, to it and I'm like, depressing. these people are smart <laughs> and they have grit and they have all this stuff. But you know what? At the same time, they were damn lucky. Lucky. Like, yep. I don't yep. think that anybody who is successful did it 100% on skill. I just yep. think you have, to, it's just, Yep. 50% skill and 50% luck, you know? Yeah. But yeah, but I am excited for next month's playlist. The well, it might be this month's playlist, depending on what we when we get this podcast episode out. <laughs> but November 2019, the playlist will be on free will. And it looks like a really good one. I'm excited to listen. And it was curated by a team from our San Francisco chapter. So I'm excited awesome. about that. Well, thank you for joining us this month. We will, of course, be coming to your feed soon with more interviews with the creators of the shows on the playlist. You can get in touch with us anytime through the Podcast Brunch Club or Audible Feast websites. Happy listening. Hey, Steve here from the Minneapolis PBC with a few credits. First off, please rate and review our podcast on your podcast player of choice. The music you heard today is downloaded from freemusicarchive.org, and this episode featured music from Chad Crouch with their song Rainbow. The ad music at the top of the show is from Ms. Algana with their song Paradise. Podcast Brunch Club is organized by a woman I can't praise enough, Adela. Sarah Da Silva is our other podcast host, the leader of the Houston chapter of PBC, and the founder of Audible Feast. Thanks to Jenna Spinelli, leader of our online PBC chapter. She also writes many articles for the PBC website. Check them out. And thanks to Pia Piscatelli for all her hard work on our social media feeds. Lastly, audio editing is done by me. You can connect with me on my website, conceptualpodcasting.com. Thanks, and happy listening. <laughs>